In modern day, whether it's movies, music, TV shows, games, whatever have you, everything is available to be backed up and saved onto a hard drive or the cloud, so forth. So when a piece of media goes completely missing or is never released, there's a lot of intrigue and FOMO from the internet at large. An article by Ephraim Josine called Why I'm Obsessed with Lost Media puts it really nicely when they say, quote, I find the most interesting part here, once the idea of this being possible gets through your head, is that you have a bottomless well of content to speculate about and search for. In a world of non-stop streaming services and video on demand, it sometimes makes it look like all media is easily accessible. Lost media is the story of the most interesting exceptions, and uh, today is no different. In fact, this is one of my favorite ones to talk about. In 1972, a well-regarded and nicknamed King of Comedy, Jerry Lewis was also an esteemed director of movies from the 60s like The Nutty Professor, The Patsy, and The Bellboy. Based on a screenplay by Joan O'Brien and Charles Denton with additional help from Lewis, The Day the Clown Cried was a Swedish-French drama film starring Jerry Lewis himself that will never be finished or released to the public due to its controversial plot and overall quality. So, why was the film so controversial? Why wasn't it finished? And why did Jerry Lewis never want it to see the light of day? On this episode of The Media Well, let's dive into The Day the Clown Cried. So, it's probably best to start with the plot of this film, as it really is the most jarring part of the entire story. So, get comfy. Um, the Day the Clown Cried takes place during the early years of the Holocaust. Helmut Dork is a washed-up German circus clown who is portrayed by Jerry Lewis. Helmut is arrested by the Gestapo because of uh, somebody overhearing a drunken tirade about Germany, openly mocking Adolf Hitler, and uh, he did this at a bar. After an interrogation, he is imprisoned at a Nazi camp for political prisoners. So once Helmut is imprisoned, he boasts about his talent as a performer to all the other political prisoners, but the only people who find him entertaining in the slightest are the Jewish children who are held in the camp but separated from everybody else by a fence. Um, so he entertains them for a little while, but it's, uh, they, put, uh, they put a stop to it. After Helmut is placed in uh, solitary confinement because fraternizing with Jewish inmates was strictly forbidden, uh, the Commandant now sees a new use for him. So... He assigns Helmet to help load the reluctant Jewish children onto trains, leading them out of the internment camp, with the promise that his case will be reviewed and he could potentially be released. Helmet ends up accidentally riding with and entertaining the children on a boxcar train to Auschwitz. And uh, he is eventually used in uh, an unfortunate kind of Pied Piper fashion to help lead the Jewish children to their deaths uh, in, in the showers. Helmet knows that the children are afraid, and uh, as he's leading them to the gas chamber, uh, he's kind of hoping for a miracle, and then uh, upon abandoning this hope, remains with the children and stays with them until the bitter end. So that's about a movie uh, about uh, the Holocaust and a clown in, in a nutshell. So shockingly, people were not cool with this at all. Uh, something about turning an event as horrific a plot as this into kind of a place for irreverent humor just did not sit well with critics or people who wrote the movie initially. Nobody was certain whether this was supposed to be a drama 
with comedy sprinkled in it, but Lewis was just such an animated and comedic person, and he apparently made a lot of changes to the script to make it a little more comedic. The original writers, like I said, were not at all happy. Actually, Joan O'Brien called it a disaster, in, in her words. Uh, one of the very few people to see the movie in full was Harry Shearer, voice actor from The Simpsons for some reason. He said to Spy Magazine in 1992, quote, With most of these kinds of things, you find that the anticipation or the concept is better than the thing itself. But seeing this film was really awe-inspiring, in that you are rarely in the presence of a perfect object. This was a perfect object. This movie is so drastically wrong, its pathos and its comedy are so wildly misplaced that you could not, in your fantasy of what it might be like, improve on what it really is. Oh my god, that's all you can really say. So, it was popularly believed that Lewis just had not a sweet friggin' clue about what he was doing when it came to all of this, whether it was the insensitivity of the plot as a general thing. It could be argued that you probably shouldn't have written a script for this kind of movie to begin with, but the, the changes that Jerry Lewis made to the script made the clown more sympathetic and Emmett Kelly-like, apparently. Uh, in the original script, the protagonist was like arrogant, self-centered, um, he was a, a quote-unquote real bastard, according to O'Brien. Um, so, you know, the, uh, the, the production itself was just a mess. Uh, they ran out of money, so Lewis ended up having to fund the thing on his own because whatever funding the film was going to receive was nowhere near enough. Um, he had an increasing Percodan addiction brought on by the stress of the whole thing. The list really does go on, but one thing is for certain. Jerry Lewis was adamant until his final day in 2017 that this movie was so awful that it would never see the light of day. As much as the movie sounds like a complete trash fire, uh, there are people in the world that believe that the movie sounds great, beautiful even. In an article published by Vanity Fair shortly after Lewis's death, Jean-Michel Frodon, a French critic who saw the film in full, had this to say, quote, I'm convinced it is a very good job. It's a very interesting and important film, very daring about both the issue, which of course is the Holocaust, but even beyond that is a story of a man who has dedicated his life to making people laugh, and is now questioning what it is to make people laugh. I think it's a very bitter film, and a disturbing film, and this is why it was so brutally dismissed by those who saw it, or elements of it, including writers of the script. Frodon also disagrees that the changes Lewis made to the film made the character more sympathetic and uh, that Lewis wasn't, in quotes, indulging himself. But, you know, Jerry Lewis himself thinks the thing was an atrocity, by all accounts. He said it was an artistic failure. Um, he said that he was embarrassed and ashamed of the work. He's had some very negative things to say over the years. And he was also grateful that he had the ability to keep the thing contained because it was bad, bad, bad. <laughs> Not just, like, in in way of the story being controversial or insensitive, just production-wise. He says it was awful. Lewis had this to say in October of 2012 that I think sums it up really, really nicely. Quote, If I was able to do it again, I would do it. I was going ahead like every studio wanted it, but it was the reverse. They turned away from it, except me. That made it more appetizing to me. I believed it could be a black mark against people who felt strength from hate. I feel weak from hate. The thing that hooked me the most was that the children in the goddamn concentration camp 
were taken to the ovens by the clown, and that struck me. I was frightened, but you stay and beat that because you have more important work to do. It's difficult to talk about this project in a way that everyone will understand it. So Jerry Lewis was between absolutely hating the thing, but also wanting people to at least understand where he came from at the time. Um, over the decades of being asked about the movie, he definitely developed a bit of a sense of humor towards it. Um, and eventually he kind of enjoyed the fact that he's the keeper of one of Hollywood's biggest mysteries. But is he really the keeper? The film has never seen a public viewing, though bits and pieces have been found over the years. April 9th of 2012, a 31-minute version of original footage and restaged scenes was broadcast on Flemish Broadcasting Service VRT, and also June of 2018, some of the annotated script, Polaroids of the exteriors, and an original costume were auctioned from the Lewis estate. The most interesting thing possibly about this lost media mystery, and that something that historians are, are hanging on to at the moment, is that the LA Times reported in 2015 that Lewis had donated a copy of the film to the Library of Congress under the stipulation that it can't be screened until 2024. But the Library of Congress has also stated that they have no plans on screening it, loaning it, or releasing it without the permission of the Lewis estate. So, people are holding on to the hope that we could maybe one day see this movie, and uh, at the time of recording this, it would be two years from now. So, maybe, maybe there is hope. But only time will tell. I think that, as a fan of controversial media, lost movies, and all of that, that I think I'd like to see this if it ever became available someday. I think it was terribly insensitive, handled poorly, and based on what we know about the production, it was probably just a truly just bad movie. <laughs> but I'm, uh, as, as I was going through the research for this, I'm siding more with Frodon than I do with Lewis, or somebody who is truly offended by, by the concept or the movie. Though, you know, clearly I'm not Jewish and I was not directly or indirectly affected by any of the true-to-life events in the film, so I realize that my opinion means very little. But if you ask me, Jerry Lewis had a script in his hands that made him feel something. So he swung for the fences, made some really terrible blunders along the way, and ultimately decided it wasn't for him and it wasn't for us. So. While I agree, as a general notion, that slapstick comedy is truly out of place in a film depicting something as horrific as the Holocaust, something as intense, uh, the idea that that even existed in some way is so fascinating to me. So many people have to look at a movie and be involved with it. Just like thinking about the juxtaposition between those two things is just like endlessly interesting to me. So I liked, I really liked looking this one up. Um, there's quite a few YouTube videos that you should check out if you found my uh, summary of the thing interesting. And also, before we go here, with all the negative sentiments that Jerry Lewis has shared over the years in regards to the film, there was one triumph. Lewis has stated that he feels like the heart-wrenching ending, you know, when he decides to stay with the kids, was well done. And it's a shame that we may never see it. Or will we? <laughs> um, you know... Sit on your hands with me until 2024, and then I guess we'll all find out together if the Library of, Cong uh, the Library of Congress decides to screen it in some way. So, anyways, 
Thank you so much for joining me on my endless stream of consciousness about The Day the Clown Cried, one of my favorite Lost Media mysteries. I hope that everybody's having a good week, that this was interesting for you to listen to. And uh, until next time, thank you so much.